We're in position. This is Red 5. I'm going in. Look at the size of that thing. Stay on target. Almost there. Stay on target. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Welcome to this week's edition of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, Halls. How are you? I'm good. So technically, this is our second episode two. It's like episode two, version two. Right, because last week we sat down to record our second episode, and it seemed to go well, pretty well. It was a lot of fun. We had some special guests. Dude, super psyched. <laughs> Had the flow of the whole episode going, high-fiving at the end, because we just felt was, so good about it. It was a great episode. We knew we nailed it. Yep. And then, of course, the one episode that fucks up and we can't use is the one that Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford stopped by for. I know. I couldn't and believe it. They were such cool dudes. They were. They I were mean, great. you know, Harrison Ford was a little crabby. You guys are weird. About being Han Solo, Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so we're going to give this another shot and hope this one doesn't fuck up. So, for this episode, I've got a couple things planned. First thing we're going to do is a timeline of things to look forward to before Star Wars The Force Awakens. We've got about six months until the movie comes out, and there's some pretty substantial stuff that's going to happen before then, so we can... Um, little Star Wars keep you going until the yeah the big, big show. And then um, I've got a couple of news stories. Nothing huge this week. It's kind of been a little bit of a slow week. And then we'll finish it up with a little comics discussion. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay, so let's jump into the timeline. The first big thing on my list is E3 2015. That's going to be June 16th through the 18th. Right in the middle of summer. Yeah. It's It's a good summer. E3 used to be in like May, and they've moved it back a little bit. That should be cool for us as Star Wars fans because we'll get a better look at Battlefront. Entertainment and Electronics Expo? Expo, yeah. I mean, it's... It's the video game show. I mean, there's going to be... I cannot wait for Battlefront. Oh, you know neither. how many hours I've played Battlefront 2 between yeah. the space battles and all the other battles, the classic Star Wars? The playing the story of the fighting 501st, you know, from right. its inception in the Clone Wars to when it was under Darth Vader's control is really an awesome story to play through all those battles. You know, uh, that's the one, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that campaign starts off with you protecting Kamino... From the Separatists, right? I believe so. It, that There's a mission on Kamino in there. I know that. There is. Which is kind of neat. You're protecting see. the other clones. Right. They're going to attack Kamino. To try and cut off the supply of the, the clones and what have you. Yeah, I'm really excited about that game. I'm really looking forward to seeing that on the next generation consoles. I think it should be pretty fun. 
Uh, I'm a little worried about the developer because, you know, EA Dice is making it. They make all the Battlefield games, which are typically pretty good. But with Battlefield 4, they had a bit of a misstep. And it had a lot of problems. And I think now it's finally just sort of getting straightened out. So... I wasn't even really captivated enough by Battlefield 4 to actually play it. Like, I played some Battlefield 3, but not. I mean, we played Battlefield 3 together a good bit. We did. <clears throat> and which is impressive because I'm not much of a modern shooter, like... You're not a first-person <laughs> shooter lover. Well, I do, I like, I do like first-person shooters, but I'm not so much about the modern combat, real soldiers, real weapons type of games. I'm more Halo. Halo. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Gears of War, even though that's not first person. But Battlefield 3, I thought, was pretty fun. It was. But I got 4 as a launch title with my Xbox One, and I feel like I barely played it. It just had so many problems. And it's a shame nowadays that when you get a new video game, it's almost to be expected that there's going to be problems. Yeah. You know, uh, Master Chief Collection had its fair share, more than its fair share of issues. I'm playing The Witcher 3, which is an amazing game. But even it has its own set of weird quirks and problems that will eventually get fixed. It's just a shame that they can't fix or ship a product that works 100% anymore, it seems. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully there won't be too many problems with Battlefront. But if I had to guess, it could be rocky for a couple weeks at first. Every game has patches in the first couple weeks to months of its inception, especially online multiplayer games. There's so many programs and pieces of code actively interacting with one another that there it's not surprising that there would be some issues there and that you would need patches of software to update that yeah and i agree with that it's just it sucks because with battlefield 4 it wasn't the first couple of weeks that they were patching it was months like i said there's still patches coming out and they had weird problems where like bullets weren't registering as hits there was a rubber banding problem where you would walk, say, 10 feet, and then all of a sudden you would be back where you started. Like, it would lag out and throw you back. That's why they call it, like, a, a rubber band effect. And, you know, it just had issues. And with it being the same developer, I can see why some people might be a little worried. But hopefully now that they've had a couple of years to work with the next-gen technology that... I guess know, sometimes you just need the opportunity to make some errors, learn from your mistakes... Try to figure out what you can do better. Yeah, and I think that their newest game, Battlefield Hardline, I don't know that it's been having any problems like that. So hopefully they'll do a pretty rigorous beta test. Hopefully we can get in that beta test. And then, you know, hopefully get most of their problems ironed out beforehand. It'll be interesting to see. If there's one thing I'm worried about with that game, with their focus solely being on multiplayer with very little campaign elements, they really need to make sure those servers are working and that the game is running well enough for me to enjoy. I mean, I'm going to take the day off from work. I don't want to not be able to play the games because it's not working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The other thing at E3 that will probably, I'm pretty sure we'll get at least some word on the next Star Wars game. Which is coming from Visceral, the same company that made the Dead Space series. Are we thinking that's going to be the Rogue One? I don't know that it will necessarily be a Rogue One game because they've said they're not doing movie adaptions. Maybe it'll tie into Rogue One in some way. Although Battlefront doesn't seem to tie into Episode Seven in a huge way. It would be neat to me if that game is still kind of dark the way the the dead space games are like a dark yeah i don't know that we'll get like uh 
survival horror Star Wars game. I don't think it would be. But, but a third-person action-adventure game could be pretty cool. I just don't know what direction they're going to take it in. Maybe I mean, hopefully that's what we'll find out in a couple of weeks when E3 starts. I don't know about you, but for the past few years, I've been watching all of the E3 presentations. I just like seeing what's coming out. I like playing video games, even if if it's not Star Wars related. So I, I don't catch it regularly in my life nowadays, but when I was living with you, I mean, we would watch the live coverage on G4 you know, of E3 every year. Oh, yeah. And they don't really do that anymore because G4 is no more. Um, I think Spike still does. E3 coverage? I think so. I think they did it last year. And then Microsoft is really good about streaming theirs on the Xbox platform and then having it so you can watch it. G4 became the Esquire network, right? Yeah, talk about a, a flip, right? So, like I said, June 16th to 18th. I don't know exactly what day... The EA conferences, they're so big that they can have their own conference. And I imagine that's where most of the Star Wars stuff will come out. We may see a little bit of Battlefront stuff at the Sony and Microsoft conferences. But I I would imagine most of it will be at the EA presentation. And hopefully we'll see some actual 100% gameplay. Because we've really only seen pre-rendered stuff. I mean, the pre-rendered stuff is using the same engine. But I really want to see this game in action. There's been some interesting developments. There's been a little bit of information come out about Battlefront in the last couple of weeks. First off, they're going to have a first and a third person mode, which is, you know, pretty typical for for Battlefront, but not typical for the Battlefield games. Also, they're not going to have iron sights in the game. There is no aiming down the sight. No, which is an interesting choice considering how commonplace that has become in modern shooters i can't think of the last time i played a new shooter that didn't have some sort of iron sight mechanic aim down the gun yeah that's kind of gears of war style yeah yeah and it's interesting because but you can still do you can still do iron sights in gears of war. well yeah and they said that there will be certain weapons that have scopes and stuff that allow you to zoom in so that'll be sort of an iron sights but it's not going to be on every gun yeah also, they're going to have some sort of new squad setup because, you know, the Battlefield games are pretty famous for squads and different classes. There's no different classes. So you're not going to have like a, a gunner a and a pilot. Healer, and, a yeah, medic, a fighter. It, but you're going to have partners, which is basically just a, another way of having squads without calling them squads. But what's interesting is as a, your partner, you'll share your unlocks with whoever you're partnered with. So say we're playing together and you have a gun that I haven't unlocked yet. If we're in the same partner group or if we're in the same squad, I'll you, be able to use your guns and vice versa. Oh, wow. So that's kind of neat. That's There's really not a whole lot of information with you know for the, a game that's coming out in November. And that's actually something else that's on the timeline that I have is the, re, the release of Battlefront. It's a little bit of bummer that there's not going to be any space combat. I get it. Like yeah. I know that's a lot of stuff to put in a game extra. But it was really neat when you could do the space combat. My dream Battlefront game would be one where you could go from space to land. Huge battles where... I thought it was really neat. Because in, in, in Battlefront 2, you could take a... A carrier, a clone carrier, yeah, the big wing thing. You could take several people inside that ship, 
how awesome would it be to update that whole concept, next gen it, and then you could carry a a, a ship full of troopers into the opposing star destroyer and raid it and you know blow yeah. the engine up, drop the shields, do what you could take it over. Imagine taking over the star destroyer. Yeah, that would be and cool. And then doing something with it to, to finish off the 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 mission or the, the battle objective. Or, yeah. yeah. The thing is, is uh, I don't know that we'll. Well, I know we won't get that. Because I they've know. already said there's no space, but I'm I wouldn't. Dreamer. I'm pretty sure there'll be some sort of large group transport where you can drive and a bunch of your buddies can get it. I mean, it, it only makes sense. I'm, they have that sort of thing in Battlefield, I think. It's just really neat when you're all on it and you're all kicking butt and you yeah. just own the whole area. Yeah, there's nothing like loading up a warthog in Halo and just, just you and through. two of your buddies. Oh, like my favorite was the Goss Hog. That Goss oh, Cannon was so brutal. powerful. It's like I, a one shot kill if you're just focused. I can't wait. For the new Halo. Halo 5? Yeah. I played the Halo 5 beta, and that yeah. multiplayer was so good. I cannot wait for it to come out. Yeah, the the one bummer I had with the Halo 5 beta, and it's a small complaint, was that they just didn't feature, say, like a big team battle. I didn't really get to use any of the vehicles in multiplayer. There was never a chance to yeah. use, say, kinda, like... That was kind of disappointing. Yeah, it, it never got to use, say, like the you know the warthog or the scorpion tank or my favorite, the banshee. The banshee. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. Baba buoy, baba buoy. Mm, baba buoy, baba buoy. Hey baba. now. Hey now. Hey now. Oh, baba buoy. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> okay, so. The next thing up on the list after E3, just two days after the end of E3, is the premiere of Rebel Season 2 on June 20th. Now, that's just going to be like a one-hour TV movie presentation. If you haven't seen Rebels, it's really good. You should check it out. It is. It's well done. It's very different from The Clone Wars. It's not a continuation of The Clone Wars, nor does it feel like that. It's The voice acting's really well done. I just encourage anybody that hasn't seen it to watch that show. I think I think they'd like what they saw. Yeah, I, I feel confident as a Star Wars fan recommending that show. You know, what's interesting is I've been re-watching The Clone Wars lately, and towards the end of The Clone Wars, the animation is so good. It's, you know, the visuals and, like, the direction of the episodes are close to the movies. It's when they're hitting their stride. Yeah, I mean, they really hit their stride... You know, towards the end of season two, but like season three onward, it just, all of it looks really cool. Like the storylines are really cool. And the animation style in Rebels is a little more simple, almost, I mean, Disney-fied in a way. Right. And I think from what I understand, they had a little bit less of a budget for Rebels than they did Clone Wars. So, you know, you don't get that variety. The cool thing about Clone Wars is... Every three or four episodes, you're on a new planet. There's new things to see, new aliens. You know what I'm saying? And in Rebels, so far, it was basically set on one planet the whole time. Yeah, not a whole lot of variety in background. No, and uh, I've I've heard it compared to, and I think this is a pretty accurate comparison, is it's it's almost like Star Wars's version of Firefly. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're a, a group of... You know, mercenaries, mercenaries, smugglers, but they're good guys. Rebel aligned. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's about the crew of a ship. 
of a ship. It's the ship's crew. It's not just not just the Jedi and their ship and they do whatever. No, but there is some cool Jedi stuff in it. And really at the beginning of the show is when the Jedi presence really reemerges because he's been hiding his Jedi presence for so long. Yeah. He hasn't pulled his lightsaber out or And it's interesting to me that they did this series set, you know, in between episode three and four, and you've got what seems to be pretty important characters, especially in Ezra and Kanan, and they're going to have to resolve their storyline in some way before the end, beginning of episode four. If there's another Jedi in the Rebellion, you don't think people would tell Luke, oh, you, you're not you, the last Jedi. You should meet this Kanan guy. You know what I'm saying? This Ezra kid, he's a Jedi too. So I don't know. The first thing you go that I go to when I think about that is they're going to kill them off. They'll die epically sometime in the but very end. I thought about that. I thought that with Ahsoka, and as we see in Rebels, she's still kicking around, which is cool. It is cool. I'm glad that Ahsoka came back because she's really a great character. Tough to handle at first, but it was really impressive to me how they took a character that started off kind of annoying and totally flipped turned him around and made him you know such a strong character yeah in the series and i think the clone war suffers in episodes that she's not in most of the time that's true and i understand why some people didn't like her at first she's sort of catty and she's sort of the female anakin i get it but you know you really you need a young member of the cast a show that's geared at children the way clone wars is yeah the youngest member of the of the show has to be relatable you know little little children can relate to ahsoka yeah and they can grow with her as she grows and for a show like you said that's mainly geared towards children they went awfully dark in some places right you know the whole darth maul storyline really dark right um and I mean, you can really name just about any other arc, and there's some pretty dark stuff that, pretty heavy stuff that goes on it, it, for a kids show. Yeah, it's it it gets really serious. And I have a feeling, um, you know, Rebels started off with sort of a more lighthearted tone, but it got darker as the se- season went on. And I have a feeling with the appearance of Darth Vader and Ahsoka being there. To me, that just I think we're in for a pretty dark turn with season two. I think it says a lot. I I may be jumping the gun here in the comics part department, but Darth Vader says once they're the Jedi are extinct, and I am the reason why. Yeah, and uh, that just makes me think about Kanan and Ezra and mm-hmm. uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka, like it Darth doesn't... Vader is the inevitable end of the all those threads is what it feels like. But I mean, that's I... what it feels like. And honestly, at the very least, we're going to see a Vader versus Ahsoka battle. Maybe not even this season, but before the show is over. And you got to think, you don't bring Ahsoka into the show and Darth Vader into the show to not have that showdown. You know what I mean? That makes a lot of sense. Not saying that she won't make it out of it or escape, but I wouldn't think it would be a good time for her. You know, they actually screened these first two episodes that we're getting on the 20th at celebration for everybody. Well, not everybody, everybody that could get in. And there, there was really positive reactions to it. I've actually been avoiding the spoilers for that because I want to be surprised in like three weeks when we finally get to see it. Sure. The only bummer about it is they're doing the first two episodes in June and then the second season won't fully start until the fall so there's going to be a little bit of a break which is a bummer i wish they would just start it in june and keep rolling it 
But yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I I didn't really know how I would feel about Rebels at first, and then after the first episode, seeing classic stormtroopers and Tie Fighters and you know that kind of stuff, and in the first episode, they had James Earl Jones as Darth Vader, which is classic. Total I mean, classic. It's impressive the sort of guest spots they got for the first season. You had James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. Billy D. Williams as Lando, and um, fuck my ass. Who am I thinking? About? <laughs> Frank Oz. Frank, Frank Oz. Oz came back as the voice of Yoda, and to me, that's that's cool. It shows that either Disney is willing to shell out the money to get those people back, or they just have some kind of pull to get. They know I mean, how to work that magic. Disney is a magical place, and if you know how to work that Disney magic. Billy D. Williams doesn't surprise me as much as James Earl Jones and Frank Oz. Those voice dudes, acting is a really easy way to earn a paycheck. You can show up, yeah, and, and, and your drink pajamas, some hot tea, yeah, and do your lines. Dry oatmeal. Play with it. Uh, speaking of voice actors, I was watching an arc on the Clone Wars or, earlier today, and George Takei is a character in it. He's like an evil general. Oh, nice. So that was nice to see. A little. I don't mean that voice acting is easy, but you well, know, no, I, I mean it definitely it's very takes difficult, and it takes a lot of talent. And if I, you know, I'd be honored, to, you know, for someone to offer me the the time to try that. But it's you know you don't have to look like anything. It's no, not a physical presentation. You know, you can. It's going into a studio, knocking out your lines. You know, it, it seems cool. We watched a documentary, you and I couple months ago about voice actors that actually featured a lot of the cast from clone wars clone wars and rebels rex ahsoka and, and uh obi-wan james Obi-Wan. arnold taylor so yeah rebel season two i'm stoked about it if you haven't seen i know you have but this is going out to the listeners if you haven't seen the trailer for season two you have to check it out you really do uh i mean star wars celebration was lousy with cool trailers uh it, the whole thing kicked off with the force awakens trailer then the next day it was the Battlefront trailer, and then the next day it was the Rebels trailer, and then the last day it was the Rogue One trailer. So <clears throat> the the Rebels trailer though is it's long. It feels like it's two or three minutes long. Good grief! And there's some cool stuff coming in this season. They have Rex coming back as like an old guy clone that I guess removed the programming chip from his head and didn't participate in Order sixty six. I'm not really sure. Hopefully they'll explain that. Maybe he was isolated through it, and then there a time passed where he didn't have to execute it. Right. And then, you know, Dave Filoni, the creator or the head of the show, he said that Kanan is not exactly happy to see Rex when they first meet. Which makes sense, considering Kanan, as we learn in the comics, saw his master get gunned down by the clones that he considered friends. Speaking of Clone Wars and Rebels, my next thing to look forward to uh leading up to the force awakens is star wars dark disciple this is a book that comes out on the 7th of july who's the dark disciple it is a story that's based off of eight unused episodes of the clone wars because you know when they canceled the clone wars they were well into the sixth season and had started work on the seventh and potentially the eighth they didn't let them release any of that stuff? Well, they did. They were le- The sixth season that came out on Netflix is all stuff that was close enough to being finished that they could finish, you know, in the time and budget that they had. And then everything after that I don't think was in a 
complete enough state to release. They have released some sort of half-finished animatic episodes on the StarWars.com website. There's like the Crystal Crisis in Utapau and a storyline called Bad Batch that's apparently about clone troopers that have gone through weird like genetic experiments and they're sort of like mutant clones that have specific abilities i i don't really know much i haven't watched it yet i should interesting That's but yeah creepy weird but this uh, dark disciple book is i don't know if it's the end of the asajj ventress story or if it's just you know the next chapter but it's asajj ventress and quinlan voss teaming up together quinlan voss he was a character that was originally introduced in the comics and he has like long almost sort of brown dreaded hair and a yellow stripe painted across his face he's in a at least one or two episodes of the clone wars they brought him in after he is introduced in the clone wars and there's that line in revenge of the sith that references it remember obi-wan tells anakin that master voss is still on boss pity or something like that yeah um, but it's them teaming up to do go on some sort of mission against Count Dooku. Now, at Celebration, they showed some unused animatics from these episodes, and Boba Fett was in them. Oh, wow. In the armor. The real Boba Fett. The real Boba Fett. So He's become an adult in that time. Hopefully. I, I would assume that that part of the story carries over and is in the books, but I, I don't know for sure. I hope it is. I wonder that was, how long year-wise it was between him being kid boba fett and then grown up boba fett in the clone wars yeah because he shows up in the clone wars that was my one bummer is that they never it seemed like they were going to build up to him donning the mandalorian armor and finally you know rocking that and i guess they were they just never got the chance to pull it off so hopefully we'll get to see that in this book i'm actually way behind on the new canon books uh i need to get caught up before the new movie comes out and that one I'm really excited about. There was one released uh, at the end of April called Lords of the Sith. That's a Palpatine and Darth Vader book. Like them on some sort of Sith mission. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that would be cool. There's a Tarkin book, right? Yeah. So, so, so far the new books that have come out and are considered part of the new canon, there's A New Dawn, mm-hmm. which is a prequel to Rebels. So before the Kanan comic and before Rebels... I think it's, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's the story of how he gets hooked up with the crew from Rebels, like meet Sabine and all them. I see. And then the next one they did was Tarkin, which is, you know, takes place in between episodes three and four, and it's just about Tarkin. To me, that one almost seems like the least interesting, just in concept alone. I like Grand Moff Tarkin as a character, but... A whole book devoted to just Tarkin. He was he was a really evil bad guy in in A New Hope. Heartless, you know, and that was good. And it's know. interesting to see him in the Clone Wars. I know we keep coming back to the Clone Wars. Um, it was but, like bad cop, bad cop. Him, yeah, bad him and Darth Vader. <laughs> bad cop, bad cop. And they did um, have Luke Skywalker. Yeah, and it's uh, after episode four. All the new canon, well, not all of it, but so much of the new canon is being put in between episodes four and five that, to me, it seems like they might eventually run into a problem of keeping it all straight because the comics, Star Wars and Darth Vader and Princess Leia all take place between four and five. 
the Luke Skywalker novel I just told you about takes place between four and five. It may be hands off for doing anything else TV wise or movie wise with that era. Maybe they're just going to fill that with. Yeah. And I wonder if they're doing that just to bide time until they can start addressing the post return of the Jedi era. I, I think that's exactly what it is. What I think is they're waiting to drop the bomb of that first Star Wars to introduce that universe. Right, to the 30 years later, and then they can start painting in what happened in those 30 years. And then you can funnel your efforts into making Star Wars side projects within that universe. Right. I wonder if will we will ever see like a anthology movie that ties into the new trilogy, sort of like how Marvel does it. Like, will we get a character in this n- new trilogy that will then get spun off into their own anthology movies? It's possible. I think it is, too. It's totally possible. Uh, right now, I'll tell you, you give me a Captain Phasma movie, I'd watch it. I want the Boba Fett movie first, but then give me a Captain Phasma movie. Watch silver-suited Stormtrooper tearing it up. So, uh, next up on our list of things to look forward to is the lando comic lando calrissian comic. yep yep lando's getting his own series it's going to be in july i don't think there's a specific release date for the first episode or first issue uh besides july i'll be honest i could never tell exactly what lando calrissian is i know that he's like either a mayor he's a black guy or a politician or a gambler Oh, you know, I he's don't, all of the above. He's, uh, yeah, like he's a professional scoundrel, I guess, but he's just like a charismatic. He's almost scoundrel. He's almost like Han Solo if Han Solo gave a shit about politics and wanting to be a leader. Because Lando, he runs Bespin, which is a mining colony. Yeah. He's the administrator. Yeah. Isn't that what they call him? The yeah. administrator. So I've read a little bit about the Lando comic. And apparently it's about him trying to steal some sort of rare ship for someone. Like someone hires him to steal this rare ship. That's about all I know. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I don't know for sure where it's set timeline-wise. I think it would be funny to see Lando Lando Calrissian's original ownership of the Millennium Falcon. Right. What Lando and Millennium Falcon got into before... Banging broads. And before he lost it to Han Solo in a card in some sort of Sabak. 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 Yeah, and you know, there were books that aren't considered canon anymore that there was two Han Solo trilogies that were him pimping around in the Millennium Falcon before episode four. And there was a Lando trilogy, and I'm pretty sure he had the Falcon in those. So That's neat. I kind of want to see Lando with the Falcon. If they set the comic series, you know, before he lost the Falcon, I could be cool with that. At least some wonder, flashback time to it or something. I wonder who his co-pilot was. Dharma. Dharma. Come on. Dharma. Be quiet. Dharma dog trying to get on the podcast. Some down now. Speaking of Lando, you know, a couple of years ago, I actually met Billy D. Williams. You met Billy D. Williams. I did at uh, Pensacon in Pensacola, Florida. Oh yeah, how was that? Um, it was interesting. He wasn't exactly as nice as I was hoping him to be. A little crabby. Um, maybe he had low blood sugar. Yeah, maybe he just needed a <laughs> snack. He just needed a little uh, snack. snack. It, you know, I I kind of get it. You know, you're at a con all day, and you know, it's got to be tiring. I mean, 
Crimea River or whatever, but I get it. It's yeah, probably I get how you could zone out and kind of lose focus and Yeah, you got to go here, you got to be here at this time to take photo opportunities with people, then you got to be at your table signing merch. And, and I'm sure a a giant army of nerds has its social interactions that are more challenging than and i was one of them they should be <laughs> i was one of them let i me. wasn't even trying to say that you were one <laughs> of them well let me tell I'm you what i'm saying i know that in a crowd of nerds there's some socially awkward dudes out there and introduce them to a celebrity that they love and don't get and let's get it straight i love billy d williams smoothest motherfucker in the galaxy my brother has a story of meeting him once my brother was working at ruth chris as a server assistant and uh, apparently Billy D. Williams was in the bar in Huntsville, Alabama. Doing, I guess he was there for some passing through or doing something, but he was just sitting there at the bar drinking. A smooth Colt 45? <laughs> I think it was something a little bit stronger than that. But They probably don't sell Colt 45 at Ruth Chris. Yeah, that, I don't imagine that. I don't know. <laughs> where can you sit down and be like, thank you, sir, I'll have a cold 20 ounce no nah, dog you Colt just 45. get those from the cooler at a shady gas station yeah i don't need I, do they still make colt 45 oh yeah they make colt 45. really yeah that's a delicious malt beverage i gotcha you know i got into mad dog 2020 for oh a really second terrible idea college huh yeah there's a time for everything yeah and, and that time is college yeah it's mad dog o'clock <laughs> um oh, it's like boone's farm oh. but uh so when I met Billy D. Williams, it was before they had announced any of the casting for The Force Awakens, and I made it my personal mission to try and get Billy D. Williams that he to tell me that he was going to be in episode seven. Oh, how did he like that? He didn't. He did not. So I asked him, and he was basically like, well, you know, it's really Luke's story, and all they really need is Luke Skywalker. But if they asked me to do it, I'd be happy to. What they really want me to do is dancing with the stars. Dance. Oh, and sure enough. Yeah. He wanted to talk about being on Dancing with the Stars more than he wanted to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. And he he told me, he straight up told me that he didn't think he was going to be able to do Dancing with the Stars because of his bum knee. And a couple months later, Billy D. Williams was on... Dancing with the Stars, and after the first episode, he withdrew because... His bum knee. His bum knee. You know, that was the the insider information I got from Billy D. Williams was that he was going to be on Dancing with the Stars with a bad knee. Oh, my sciatica. You know, uh, at the same con, I met Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca. Very tall British gentleman. And very nice. He made up for Billy D.'s surliness a little bit. And uh, I asked him... I tried the same tactic to ask him if he was going to be in episode seven. And he gave me what I felt was a can't, not a canned response, but a practice response where he basically said, um, I haven't heard anything yet, but I'll definitely do it. If they offer it, I can't really do a Peter Mayhew. Yeah. Um, and then I told him, well, look, if someone else is in the Wookiee suit beside you, I'm going to be pissed. And he started laughing. He said, well, yeah, so will I. Yeah. And we got Peter Mayhew in episode seven, at least in some capacity. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a stunt double for the more action-oriented scenes. I would think so. He's got some knee or back trouble himself. At Celebration, I don't know if you noticed, he was using a cane and he sat on a chair when he came out on stage while everybody else was standing. It's just, I think it's a 
product of being that tall, like the stress on your joints and your bones. Joints and spine. Yeah. All, all of your skeletal and muscular structure to hold you up. But I'm glad they got him back. I'm glad that they got the old fellas to come back as, for as much as they can. Eventually, Peter Mayhew is not going to be able to beat Chewbacca anymore. Absolutely not. So get them while they can. Eventually, all of those actors, I feel like this is their farewell. Yeah, I feel like this trilogy may be sort of a transitional trilogy where by the end of episode nine, most of the main characters that we know will be retired, either dead, uh, the characters. Or in very minimal roles then at, from then on. Right. Uh, and if you want my God's honest opinion, this is the last Han Solo we get. I think so too. I mean, I don't think he'll do another one, man. No, I think he's probably more interested in doing another Indiana Jones than he is coming back for Star Wars a fifth time. I and don't know this. You know what? You never. I think Star Wars is so friggin' magical that when Episode Seven comes out, people may lose their minds so hard and fall in love with Star Wars, and it may be more successful than Avatar. Yeah, And he may be like, well, I don't know. Well, it depends on what they've shot. I mean, it's done filming. They're editing. If And I don't know this, but if I had to guess if an original trilogy character died in this movie, it would have to be Han. Just because of his resistance to returning to the character or talking about the character in interviews, you know. I can see them roping him in and saying, come back and do one more Star Wars. We'll kill you off. Then we'll do another Indiana Jones. You know that makes sense. But long as if they do kill Han, long as if it's in a, like a heroic badass way, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You got to move on eventually. They got to give me new characters that I care about as much as those original cats, and, and then that are equally as badass, right? And who knows? It seems like uh, the character Poe Dameron. He seems like he might be trying to fill the Han Solo shoes. I think between Ray and Finn, they both have some. Han Solo-like characteristics. Yeah. Yeah. We just may have a universe full of Han Solos after this movie. Badasses all around. So moving on to our next thing to look forward to is the Disney D23 Expo. Do you know about this? No, I do not. So the Disney D23 Expo is basically Comic-Con, but only Disney properties. They only do them every other year. A Disney con, basically? Yeah, basically. And what's interesting about this is there's going to be no Marvel or Star Wars at Comic-Con this year. Why? Because D23 is like a month later, and they want to hold all that for D23, all that cool stuff that they would probably show. And the other thing is Warner Brothers, who you know owns DC Comics. They're apparently one of the main sponsors of Comic-Con this year. And apparently Marvel is not stoked about that. Why? I, you know, the whole Marvel versus DC competition. But I think it mainly has to do with D23. So why we should look forward to D23 is new trailer. I mean, I'm almost 100% sure that's where we'll get the final. Not the final, because there'll be TV spots and probably another trailer after this. But this will be like... The trailer, because everything before this has been considered a teaser. teaser. Yeah. The official trailer. trailer. I think that's what we'll get at D23, which is exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I cannot wait. Yeah, me neither. See a little more of that universe. They're also going to be showing some other cool stuff there. First footage of Captain America's Civil War. And apparently they might even announce a new Tron movie there. So I read something about Robert Downey Jr. 
declining to be in Captain America Civil War? Uh, I don't think that's... I'm pretty sure he's 100% in it. Some Or declining something else. I don't know. Maybe it was after that. I'm not sure. Hand job for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish off the last couple of things on this list and then get into some comics discussion. This is very, very bad. All righty. Welcome back to Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. Took a little break, and now we're back, and we're going to finish up our list of things to look forward to until The Force Awakens. It's good to be back with you. It is. Uh, so the last thing we covered was the Disney D23 Expo. Which is going to be really cool, apparently, because Marvel and Star Wars both are reserving their big reveals for that instead of E3. You mean Comic-Con. Comic-Con is what I meant. Now, that's not to say there won't be any Star Wars news from Comic-Con. Uh, I know this is going back to the last topic we covered, but... The thing is, is we'll probably see some information from Hasbro about toys and other licensees, but no trailer, no big Hall H panel for Star Wars. Um, so the next thing on the list after D23 is Star Wars Midnight Madness, and that's on September 4th. Now that is the midnight release of the first wave of Force Awakens merchandise. So that's when we're going to get our first figures and Lego sets. And, Starships. And yeah. Small problem with that. What's that? September 4th is Jesse's birthday. Oh. So I will probably pre-order some stuff to be delivered, but I cannot reasonably ask my fiance to go to Toys R Us with me at midnight on her birthday. No, no, that ain't happening. You know what? Uh, hopefully, you know, there'll be enough stuff around. I'm sure there's going to be the hard-to-find figures and stuff that are going to skyrocket in price online. But, but you know what? Being here in Alabama, where we are, it may not be as... You know, and we have a, a Walmart right around the corner from our house, so maybe once she goes to bed, I'll just pop over there real late at night, peruse the section. You know, we have a problem with like uh, the comic book guys and stuff here in town. They go and scoop up the cool stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, I've been trying to get all of the Star Wars posters out of the cereal boxes that have been coming out. And every time we go to the store, no Star Wars. Like, it's all been picked through, and they've gotten all the Star Wars boxes. That's lame. And I don't know that that's necessarily comic book guys, but Collectors. Someone, yeah. Like Star Wars collectors will come in and just... Clear up, the place out. Buy up everything. Still looking for that Star Wars mac and cheese. Ain't found it yet. What are the shapes on it? Like a Death Star and X-Wing? <laughs> Yoda, lightsaber. Yoda. You know. Oh, look. It's a dildo piece of mac and cheese. No, that's a lightsaber. That's a lightsaber. It's a Thank you very much. Ship. I smell your lightsaber. Also coming out on uh, September 4th is Star Wars Aftermath. It's another Star Wars book. And it's the first one in the new canon set after Return of the Jedi. So that's really where we'll start getting some pieces of I what happened. The aftermath of what happens after the second Death Star explodes. Oh, yeah. that's It's on the cover. The second Death Star is on the cover. Have you ever heard the fan theory that the second Death Star exploding so closely to Endor caused like a nuclear fallout on Endor after everybody left? No. <laughs> I mean, that's not, you know, Star Wars canon by any means, but it's just a sort of a funny theory. People really hate the Ewoks, so they want... See, I don't hate the Ewoks. I got no hate for the Ewoks. I think I don't have the hate for the Ewoks because of how young I was when I saw Return of the Jedi. I mean, if you sell the whole brand on the concept that the living force exists within us and all beings, and you know what else other than the Ewoks helped them in that battle? Sort of a technologically unadvanced society taking down the big technologically advanced superpower. I kind of dig that story. Yeah. You know. 
I have no problem with the Ewoks. That's the first wave of a huge series of books that's coming out called Journey to the Force Awakens. And uh, there's going to be, they've announced something like 20 books in the Journey to Force Awakens. And that's not all going to be major content. A lot of that's going to be like sticker books and activity books and stuff that don't really have much of a story purpose things that kids are going to really like just to see yeah put their hands on and i think they're putting out like sort of kids reader versions of the story the first six movies like rewriting them as for sort of like a kid's book yeah um they also have star wars golden books coming out really you know the classic golden books with the golden stripe on the side they have those coming out the little millennium falcon that could or some shit like that chewbacca the big red wookie yeah so after that, the next thing on the list is Battlefront, which we talked about earlier. And that's going to come out on November 17th, a mere month before the movie. Now, there's some other stuff. I'm sure I'm missing some stuff. Um, it's it's going to be cool to see Battlefront in the next-gen console setting and how it handles, especially with DICE doing the combat like we were talking about. And then with some of the new-generation Star Wars weapons and armor. I really want to see... Yeah. how that works that's going to be our first experience wonder, to kind of see any of that before it comes out in the i movie. wonder if there will be any like will we be able to play as the new stormtroopers i mean i would think you would have to if, if the story goes that far i think it's mainly focusing on original trilogy now they do have the battle of jakku which is going to tie into you know episode seven but apparently that only takes place about a year after the return of the jedi Oh. Or return of the so there would be standard stormtrooper yeah what we know of not <clears throat> right the new gen stuff maybe that'll come in DLC or maybe that'll even come in like the eventual sequel because if this does well enough I'm sure there'll be another one I'm sure there would be a Force Awakens patch of armor and soldiers and abilities and weapons and and so that's really just the stuff we have sort of firm dates for there's a Star Wars graphic novel coming out called Shattered Empire that takes place between return of the jedi and the new movie uh, that's i'm pretty excited about that's also coming out in november november but i don't know that there's a firm date for that eventually we'll get a poster there's no date for that maybe that'll be at d23 is shadows of the empire still considered canon it's not what's weird about that is dash rendar's ship from shadows of the empire is considered canon they announced that at Celebration this year. Because, you know, it's it shows up. They put it in the special edition briefly. So the ship is canon, but I don't believe the story is canon. Okay. Just curious. That yeah. That just struck me. For something they made such a big deal about when it came out, it's, it's interesting to see them sort of sweep that under the rug. I mean, I had a lot of fun with the video games and the comics I and like the novels. I like the character Dash Rendar. Yeah. And, and but the I can enemy al- being IG-88 was kind of neat. Well, yeah, IG-88 was cool, but Prince Zizor or whatever his name is. Prince Zizor was a terrible villain. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. His, like, I don't know what that lady android thing was he had with him. That's not that cool. Yeah, it was kind of creepy. creepy. And honestly, uh, Dash Rendar is cool, but he's also sort of just uh, Han Poor Solo. Poor man's Han Solo. Yeah, you, you can't have Han Solo in the story, so you make up another character that's basically Han Solo. And give him basically a Millennium Falcon. But yeah, that's not considered canon anymore, which is interesting. It's kind of sad, but understandable. So speaking of things that are canon, why don't we move on to our comics segment? That's awesome. I guess we're going to talk about this all again since we talked about it in yep. the second episode. It'll be lost. round two. So in our first episode, we talked about Star Wars issues one through four. And then in the time since then, you've caught up, basically. You haven't read... Star Wars 5 or Darth Vader 5, yeah. No, but I've but read Princess Leia else. 1 through 4, Star Wars 1 through 4, 
and Vader one through four. So let's start off with Vader. Vader. Vader was actually my favorite of the series. Yeah, it's really good. To see to see the Emperor's rage at Darth Vader for failing and losing the first Death Star and uh, kind of demoting him a little bit and kind of talking down to him. Yeah. And, you know, Darth Vader takes there, some shit in that series. And you're sitting there reading it. It's like, oh, he, this is not getting to fly for long. Mm-mm. Somebody is going to get choked to death. It's, well, I mean, if anybody is allowed to be a bitch towards vader it's the emperor oh i know but i'm saying like that's gonna but, trickle down right like, anybody that fucks with vader after that is gonna feel the wrath of him being spurned the emperor that's how you end up with choked out in generals so basically his story like you said is he gets demoted by the emperor and is trying to win back favor but also trying to figure out who that Force-sensitive pilot that blew up the original Death Star was. Right. Kind of obsessed with that. So he hires Boba Fett. Boba Fett. And uh, a Wookiee. Black Crick Six or something, something like that. Something like that. A black Wookiee. With <clears throat> a big scar on his face. Hires them. One of them is to hunt down the weird cybernetic guy that the Emperor is working with. And Boba Fett is supposed to hunt down Luke. And it's cool finally seeing Boba Fett show up he looks shorter right did you he notice does. in the he, arm, look he looks a little younger which he shouldn't look that much younger because it's only like four years three or four years before empire strikes back when we see him but they also introduce a new character in darth vader that's pretty cool afra Afra. she's like a the battle droid technician genius she's like an indiana jones type character yeah, she collects ancient weaponry and droids and basically vader hires her to Help him build his own personal army. A droid army. A droid army, no Which less. is interesting. Yeah. Considering, you know, the events of episode two and three. He's lost his access to all his army. Yeah. And there's a few prequel references in the new comics that's interesting. They're not completely not steering away from that information. You know, they don't hit you over the head with it, but there are a couple moments where... I mean, they go to Geonosis. And he reflects on mm-hmm. his time spent there with Amidala. And it's interesting because... They basically say that after the Clone Wars, the Emperor had the planet of Geonosis sterilized. It was glassed. Everybody's dead except for one Geonosian queen who lives like in the catacombs and of is the planet. A and freaky deaky combination <laughs> of cybernetic parts. And it's, she's basically a living droid factory. It's weird. Yeah. She's like fused into the droid factory which they cut her out of and, and then they steal the, the droid producing mechanism i like vader's two droid companions that are basically like the evil versions at c3po and r2d2 and evil and murderous they are yeah, i mean by yeah the way. some yeah. of the stuff they do and get into and then they you know make vader's army he gets his his clone army and one of my favorite parts is when the c3po style droid does the interrogation on the cybernetic guy yeah and he comes out and he tells vader well i've got good news and i've got bad news the good news is he told me basically what's going on i know everything about i know him. and I know then who he is what he's doing and, who he's working for. and before vader can or before he can tell vader the bad news vader's like that's fine kill him and he's like well i've got doubly good news because he's already dead then i don't have any bad news <laughs> yeah and basically what he finds out is that somewhere the Emperor is training... Darth Vader's replacement. Right. Which, that's interesting. It, which has pissed him off, and he is going to go get to the bottom of it. 
Yeah. Once again, introducing some characters that can't really continue on in the story. It's interesting to see how they're going to wrap up some of these characters that they've gotten audiences invested in. Yeah. Because they're not in. Well, Afra can... I can see Afra just going off and doing her own thing. They don't need to kill her off. Or, into the galaxy. Yeah. I mean, she's not... A, she wouldn't need to be essential to the story going forward. She's cool and and the way they're using her in the book. And I hope they keep her in there for a little while, at least I wonder if they will eventually jump the f- story forward and Darth Vader and maybe move into territory between empire strikes back and return of the Jedi. But they've got three years of time to sort of fill in between those two movies. So they could stretch it out for a little while. They could. And that's basically where you've read up to in that series, right? It is, yeah. <clears throat> I read star or Darth Vader number five and I'll send you home with it. It's pretty good. I'm pretty interesting. And next up let's do Leia. Leia, Princess Leia. Not my favorite. Yeah, it's very diplomatic. There's a lot of dialogue. There's like a lot of dialogue. And it's Princess Leia's dialogue. And she's explaining her thought process and trying to yeah. negotiate with people. It's, it's kind of boring. Like, yeah. There's some cool parts in it, the action-filled parts. But they introduced this character, this female character. That's, Yvonne. Uh, an Alderanian survivor. Yeah, and she's terrible. And it's just annoying. She's annoying. The The interaction between her and Princess Leia is just irritating. The more you read, it's just kind of exhausting. Yeah. By the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, God, thank God I'm at the end. The, the one thing that I sort of like about that series is that it feels sort of like the classic Marvel Star Wars series. It is kind of um, dramatic. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know, a little hokey or something. It's hard to explain. I know what but, you mean. Uh, I've been rereading the old classic Marvel comics because uh, Amanda and Goose got me like the omnibus, the omnibus that's got the first 50 or something issues in it. And it's very similar to Leia in some parts to the Leia series. So that's kind of cool. They do a couple of cool things. I mean, it's very girl power, though. It's I mean, very, that's cool. I'm fine with that. It's enabling Princess Leia to be a badass. The, and she is. She they does. just need to make the story more interesting. It, yeah, and a little less dialogue, a little more exciting. So they're basically going from system to system, hunting down the survivors. Of Alderaan. Or the people that weren't on Alderaan when it got The galaxy them. is trying to hunt them down. So the Empire. Oh, no, uh, yeah. The, the em- galaxy. The, galaxy. <laughs> the Empire is trying to hunt them down because they don't want any resistance from... Them blowing up their Alderaan. Action yeah. blowing up Alderaan. Um, really, the most... The biggest thing of note in the whole series is they go to Naboo. They do. And, and she sees a stained glass representation of Queen Amidala. Yeah, and thinks it, it like, moves. Yeah, a little mini premonition there. Yeah, me. so it's interesting to see them sort of reference prequel stuff like that, even though we know that she can't find out that that was her mom. She would know that in the movies if that was the case. So, But, you know, not, I'm glad they're not totally ignoring them, which a lot of people thought they would do. In Jedi, just, Luke asks her if he remembers her mother. Yeah, but that's got to be Bail Organa's wife, right? You would think. I mean... Um, they're both strong in the Force. Maybe they can remember. I mean, maybe she has, like, some weird Force memories, yeah, of her, but... Of Natalie she died, Portman like, crying. minutes after she died. Yeah. Or minutes after she was born, rather. So, yeah, I mean, that's... It's a five-issue miniseries. It's getting replaced by Lando in July, so... Two more issues to go. Maybe they'll write the course a little bit and hopefully produce something a little better. But for the first Princess Leia solo book, which I don't think they've really done before, they kind of missed the mark, in my opinion. Yeah. So that's about it for Princess Leia. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars is pretty cool. Yeah, it I was... mean, we we basically talked about Star Wars in the first episode. Cause, we did. That's yeah, you, and I have Star Wars 5 for you to read, too, and it's pretty oh, good. Catching up on that. 
like Canaan. Canaan. The last Padawan. That stuff is really interesting. That's my favorite. Seeing what Canaan is up to when he was a younger guy, like, and how Order 66 went down and what he had For to him. do to escape that. Yeah, and it's cool that, you know, we know who his, I mean, they said in the show who his master was, and it's it's a character that shows up in an, an Attack of the Clones, I'm pretty sure. Depla Balababa. I can't Something say. incredibly Depla Balaba. Something like that. The cool thing to me about Kanan is that it feels like an arc of the Clone Wars or Rebels. It's definitely a bridge. Something that ties the show to an existing concept. The Clone yeah. Wars and the Attack of the Clone like Yeah. The rest of the franchise. The art style is awesome. I don't know it is. It's really good. what about that one appeals to me so the much. It's not even the, the most the realistic look one. are probably the best. Yeah. And it's not even the most realistic take in Kanan. It's just, it looks cool. Anytime you got that many lightsabers in a book, though, like, you know, I'm going to be stoked. Lightsabers. Everybody loves them. Especially me. Especially you. I mean, you better be glad they're not real. You'd have cut your own hand off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would be that, too. Everybody always talks about how, oh, if there was really lightsabers, that'd be awesome. No. Because no. I would get that thing out of the box, switch it on, and then, like, five minutes later, I'd be in the emergency I'd room. Be- play i'd be so excited and mm. playing around so hardcore i cut off my forehead but you know like as soon as i got back home with like my freshly shorn stump <laughs> i'd pick that bitch up with my good hand and start <laughs> swinging <laughs> away <laughs> again <laughs> don't get me wrong the minute if it happens i'll be my pre-orders in but you know who needs two hands i think you'll have a gundam before you have a laser sword i don't think i'll have either maybe in some sort of oculus rift virtual reality world or something Whatever, maybe there'll be Gundam robots by the time we're old men. Take the robot to the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) That seems kind of wasteful to take a Gundam to the grocery store. Not if it's got its own nuclear power generator. I mean, like, you know, that seems like a military use only type of object. I don't think if something like that ever came. Oh, so you're telling me you wouldn't? What would you take to the grocery store? Uh, You know, a Prius. A Prius good for the environment i'm so disappointed in no i mean like of course i would want to drive a big fucking robot but it's not practical for an old halls burkhart to get a (laughs) giant robot to take to the grocery store maybe if they'll let octogenarians join the military i'll get a gundam and go fucking fight the aliens or whatever but robot pants that's all i'm saying well robot pants that's a completely robot pants that's what I'm all about. Hook that's me up with some robot pants. That's what I'm talking about. No, you're. T- I thought when you said gun- now robot pants, I'll run to the grocery store in my robot <laughs> pants. You won't stop me. I'll be dancing. Be annoying everybody. You guys want to go dancing? I got my robot pants. Ah, robot pants dance. Yeah, like a real mech. That's not for everyday use. Who knows? I'll watch you go to the grocery store in your mech. You never know. We could have hover cars and robot suits and robot butlers. I'm down with all of these. <laughs> I'm down with a, a giant mech. I just don't see it being an item that when I'm really old, I, I'm like, you know what I want? Giant mech. I want a robot that converts into a motorcycle or a, a jet plane. Well, now, now see, now you're adding things to it. <laughs> That's, of course don't I would date that. Vibe. Don't kill my vibe. <laughs> Don't harsh my buzz so hardcore. <laughs> I mean, it's adding on the the ability to change into a, a motorcycle or a jet plane. Can't let a totally man dream. I am drawing a blank because of robot pants. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's okay. So besides robot pants, what I about Kanan? I, <laughs> I think we've hit the comics. 
I mean, yeah, we basically hit Canaan. There's not. There's only two issues out, you know. And that's really all it does is it sets up. His it's yeah. Right? You it introduces to you to him and his master training a little bit. Their sort of last battle of the Clone Wars. Couple memories and briefly before the execution of Order sixty six. Yeah, and then episode or episode issue two basically deals with order 66 and how he escaped it right it's an ongoing series so i i expect it'll fill in a lot of blanks i mean they could basically run that right up to that first novel or even rebels if they wanted it was cool seeing the rebels cast at the very beginning of canaan and that little scene of them and the ghost i would kind of like um a dedicated rebels comic which may happen i mean it's a really cool concept i think you could get away with it for a long time yeah, I mean, there's 15 years or so in between. No, even longer than that, really. Like 18 years in between three and four. So they've got 18 years of story to tell before Rebels. And, you know, Rebels is three or four years before episode four itself. So Is Disney going to build a Star Wars park? I don't know if they're going to build a dedicated park, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a significant Star Wars attraction in all the Disney parks. Before It'd be too cool long, if they built a Star Wars park. Now. Oh yeah, I mean, I think they'll have the Star Wars equivalent of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, where just a significant portion of the park is dedicated to Star Wars. That makes sense. You know, go eat at the cantina. There'll probably be some rides and all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, even before Disney bought Star Wars, they had some association with Star Wars. They've been doing Star Wars weekends for years. Jedi and Sith walking around mm-hmm. and they, pictures of the kids and stuff. And then they had, you know, Star Tours since the 80s. They've recently redone, and I would totally like to check out. I think that would be cool. Yeah. But it's almost, at this point, it would probably be worth waiting until the rest of their Star Wars plans sort of start to come together. That's when the real Star Wars money starts rolling in. you got to figure, like, something that big of an undertaking has got to take a couple of years to plan and design. And, and just get and channel funding. To make sure that it's worth it. I think everybody's holding their breath for this next Star Wars movie to see how it does and how successful it's going to be and what it's going to do for the franchise. You know, a lot of people are saying that maybe it'll be like the highest grossing movie ever. And I just don't see... I don't know that it's possible. I could, get, I could agree with that. I think it's going to be... I would love for it to be the highest grossing movie ever. And movies just seem like... Those big tentpole movies like that, they just seem to do more and more money at the box office. Right. So I would like to see it pull in a billion, billion and a half, billion two and billion. But like, that's if it, be- money. if it beats Titanic and Avatar, I want it to beat Titanic and Avatar by a large margin. Not just eat like, past yeah, there. like by like a 10 bucks. Cause that's not going to kill James Cameron's stride any, but everybody loves star Wars. It's ridiculous that Titanic is that high up on the highest grossing movies of all time. I don't know how that happened. I think it is some combo effect with Celine Dion. I don't know. Popularity of that song at the time. Yeah, it's like a four-hour music video for that song. Yeah. I've never even fully seen the movie, so I can't. I just imagine it's four hours of my heart will go on and fucking draw me like one of your French girls. An epic romance Basically story. anything I've seen in a meme having to do about Titanic. I don't know, buddy. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. I think that wraps us up. So next week, uh, we'll cover the two new newest issues of the comics, and hopefully there'll be some Star Wars news 
uh, and whatnot. But if not, maybe we'll just fucking talk some shit about Star Wars and robot legs. Yeah, maybe watch episode one and chit-chat a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, we got to start that sometime yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah, the next time you have a day where you want to come over and watch episode one with me, let me know, and we'll start the podcast like the series of podcasts breaking them each down. That's going to be some hardcore nerdy stuff yeah, right we'll, there. We'll nerd out. I'm going to take notes, get a stenographer. So anyway, for Blue Harvest Podcast, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>